So now in speaking of giving thanks, thankfulness is a theme I want to talk about today. And did you know that there was a recent worldwide celebration of gratitude? September 21st is designated as World Gratitude Day. Uh, It's been celebrated since 1966. It was established by the United Nations as a day for everyone around the world to be reminded of the importance of expressing gratitude and thanks. And this idea, of course, is very much rooted in God's word. It's God's will for us, his desire that we express gratitude in every situation. That we recognize that all we have in life comes from him, all good things come from him, that he is present with us in every circumstance. And so as I think about this this idea of giving thanks and what it means to give thanks to the God and what the Bible has to say about it, first I'm reminded of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I have a few different verses I'm going to share, so if you'd like to follow along, I'll give you a moment to open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 16 through 18. And this is a favorite passage of mine, just to keep in my mind, to, be, to remember. Where Paul writes, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for you in Christ Jesus to give thanks in every circumstance. And there's something very powerful about that. If you sit and think about that for a minute, to think about all the circumstances that we live through in life, all the ups and downs, God's desire is for you to have a thankful heart toward him in all those things. And you have to ask yourself and challenge yourself sometimes, well, what do I have to be thankful for? There are moments in life where it doesn't feel very thankful. It can feel very hard. You can feel alone. But the truth is, that God is there, and God is with you, and God desires the best for you no matter what you're going through. And if we can learn to recognize that, we can truly be thankful in every circumstance. I'm also reminded of James chapter 1. Let me turn over to that a little bit further in the New Testament, if you're looking for it. James chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 here. This is the Apostle James, who was Jesus' earthly brother. He says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. There's a couple of things that James is expressing here, but first of all, that idea that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. It's important to recognize in life that all the good things that we have, everything that we have, is a gift from God. I have a reminder on my phone that comes up every day. It's a passage from the Bible that says, um, ah, give thanks. No, sorry, now I'm forgetting it. <laughs> you get up here in front of people, you know, sometimes your mind just goes blank. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And it's a reminder to me that just opening my eyes, taking a breath, 
that is a gift from God. And to start the day that way. Every good thing comes from God. Well, uh, James also expresses in here that we might be the first fruits of all he created. And he's really referring to the life in Christ, that we are the first fruits of what God has been working to restore after we have fallen into sin in this world, restoring his creation, restoring the relationship. There's much more to come in what God is doing in this world. And we who live now, who have received Christ, are the first fruits, the the harvest of what God is doing. And there's great joy to be having in that. And I want to pause here and just put this out to you for a moment. What other biblical expressions of thanks can you think of? There are other ways that you think about giving thanks to God that we can share with one another. The Psalms. Oh, the worship songs. Yes, we, we express thanks to God and through worship quite a bit. Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind? Giving and generosity. is, And that's linked to thankfulness because we're, we're giving out of the overflow of what God's given us, right? Yeah. Yeah, we recognize the goodness from God and we're able to give to others. Patience and forgiveness. You want to expand on that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We recognize how patient God has been with us. We can be patient with others. And they have thankfulness in that. Yeah, Mariah. That's a very good point, right? Living in the being in the darkness sometimes allows us to see the light all that much better. And perhaps there's a reason why God, that's one of the reasons may God may allow those moments to come so we can see him all the more clear. Yeah. I'm reminded of the beginning of many psalms, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We have those reminders constantly. Anything else before we move on? Well, the Bible doesn't just call us to be thankful for the good things, right? We've already touched on that. We've said that we're called to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, James has this expression uh, at the beginning of James 1 again that reminds us to be thankful in every circumstance. James 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And that's kind of along the same line of what Mariah had just said. But take joy in those struggles in life. Whenever you face trials in life, we're called to find the joy. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be fun, right? It's, it's going to be difficult. We don't want to deny all that, but 
to find the joy in the presence of God, to find the joy in the hope that he provides, allows us to be thankful in every circumstance. There's so many ways we can learn to be thankful for all things. You've probably been told at one time or another in your life what a good practice it is to regularly count your blessings, right? List out the good things, the things to be thankful for. And, and the more you do that, and the more you realize we have so much more to be thankful for than things to complain about. And that writing them down is a good tangible way of, of, of seeing them and developing that habit of a thankful heart. So we train ourselves to, with regular practice to see the good God is doing and to find joy in everything. And of course, the greatest gift that God has given us is Jesus. And we, we took that moment this morning to give thanks for what he's done, for the love that he expressed to all mankind. And again, Jesus is God among us. He is the, in, the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. He came into the world to show us what life can be like when we live in obedience to God, when we live in loving fellowship with him. He came to offer healing and restoration, to show true love and grace to people. That's what attracted people to Jesus, is this love that he showed them, this pure love, no matter what their situation in life was. He came while we were still sinners still living in rebellion against God and gave his life in exchange for ours. This is one of the things that we actually talked about at this shift retreat. We talked about what is the gospel. And a lot of us have been trained when we think about the gospel to think about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That he was the son of God who died for our sins. He went to the grave. He rose from the grave again. And because of that, we can be forgiven and have new life and go to heaven. And that's the gospel. But what that trains us to do is to think about calling people to make a decision to believe that, and then from that point on, their life is good. There's nothing else to it. I'm just going to heaven. That's it. And what we were challenged as pastors to think about is, what about the life of Jesus? There's so much more written in the gospels about what Jesus did while he was here. And isn't there something in there about what God is doing in our lives every day. That what Jesus did was very important. He provided us the way, the entryway into a life with God. But that's just the beginning of what God is doing. And God is doing this work of restoration all over the world in every person's lives. It's not just a matter of whether you're in or out, but every person is called to come to God. And there, there's great joy in knowing what God is doing, that through him, we all have this opportunity to have new life in him, to receive that hope and joy and peace and meaning that come through Christ. Now, I'm setting all this up to, with, with points about thankfulness that we often consider. When we talk about thankfulness in the church, these are the things that you probably have heard many times. And it's good to remind ourselves of them. But today, I actually want to highlight an area of gratitude that gets easily overlooked. And in a little bit, I'm actually going to invite us into a moment of expressing thanks for this gift. So first of all, let's consider the great commandment. There was this moment in Jesus' life when the Pharisees came to him and asked him, what is the greatest of all God's commands? 
And this is how Jesus answered. We can find it in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 30. So let's turn to that, Matthew 22. Starting in verse 34. So hearing that Jesus had silent the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So everything that God commanded us is rooted in these two commands. Love God and love your neighbor, right? And one of the ways we can express love is by showing gratitude, and when we talk about showing gratitude and what the Bible has to say, our focus often is specifically on giving thanks to God, which is very important. We want to thank God first and foremost for all he has done. But I want to go a step further with this and consider the second part, that second command, to love your neighbor. And how often do we express gratitude for the people that God has placed in our lives and what they do for us? I'm reminded of a favorite passage of mine um, where Paul talks about the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've talked about this many times here, how God puts all the pieces together. Every piece is important. None is less important than the others. And in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 27, Paul writes, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of speaking in different tongues. There's something special when you think about that body of Christ that God assembles, that he brings people together into this group, into this family, to be a primary place that he has called us together to practice that command of loving your neighbor. He puts us into close proximity with people that maybe we wouldn't have interacted with normally. Ideally, a church is drawing people from all walks of life and connecting them to one another and giving us that opportunity to stretch ourselves to love one another. And he calls us together to partner with one another as his witnesses in this world. And so there's something special and unique about a church, a church family, this body of Christ. And that's where I want to focus our attention today. I want to turn to Philippians chapter 1 and see what Paul wrote to this church in Philippi and how he expressed love to them. So Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to read through the first 10 verses of this chapter. starts out, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ, 
It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending the, and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the love of Christ, until the day of Christ, filled with all the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. There's several moments in here where you see how Paul recognized the great value of these people God placed in his life. He says, I every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Because you partner with me. He says, I have great joy because you have partnered with me in this gospel. And when he says that, I consider that he's, he's not just talking about sharing in the work of telling people about the gospel and inviting them into life in Christ, but also in living it out together and experiencing all the, the joys and the challenges and the trials of, of, of coming into the presence of God together, experiencing his love and power and presence. He holds these people in their heart, in his heart, wherever he goes, and he tells them this. He says that the sharing of God's grace together with him is something he holds dear, and he longs for them with the affection of Christ. In all these ways, he's expressing gratitude for these people that God has placed in his life. And as I read that and I think about gratitude, I realize how often our gratitude for the people God puts in our life goes unspoken. We get, get so caught up in the things that we're doing and the things that we're talking about that we never really take time to do exactly what Paul did here and says, I am so thankful for you. I have joy in my heart for you all the time. Right? And have you ever experienced someone coming up to you and just telling you that? What that does for you to just know what a difference you've made in their life? Or the difference it makes when you step out of your comfort zone, maybe, and, and go up to someone and say, hey, I just want you to know that you have made a huge difference in my life. And you express that gratitude. It goes unspoken. And, but what, what can happen if we kind of break through that and we, and we focus on those around us and give thanks for them? And really say the things that we really haven't expressed before. And so I think maybe you can see where I'm going with this today. I want you to take a look around, around this room at the people here. Many of you have been part of this church for a long time. Some of you are new. Some of you are just visiting today, and I hope that you feel welcome here. But whether you're new or whether you've been around for a while, these are people that God has placed you in relationship with for some reason. Whether it's for today, whether it's for years, God has brought you close to these people. These are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and you enjoy a special relationship with them as fellow members of the body of Christ here at True North Church in Cannon Falls. There's something unique about this group that God has assembled, and something unique about what he's doing here even today. These people, your church family, are people who are called to be your advocates in life. They are to be your encouragers, the people that you're going to go to first when you're having a problem in life because you know that they care for you. 
there to be your trusted advisors, people you can trust who aren't, aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear, but they'll actually take things to the Lord and work through things with you. There's are people who are called to walk with you through some of the darkest moments of your life and to make a difference for you. That's what a church family does. What would it do for this fellowship if we really took notice of one another and expressed gratitude to the people that God has put around us? So consider those who are here today. Consider those who, who can't be here today. Consider those with whom maybe you don't have such a great relationship with. Maybe there's some distance. Maybe there's some tension with some of the people in this church family. Is it possible that God has placed you with them in order to mature one of you or both of you? And maybe it's important to express gratitude for what God is doing even in those relationships. So here's what I'd like to do, something a little bit different today. I would like to take an opportunity for us to practice this. For the next few minutes, next several minutes, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does, right? Find ways that you want to express gratitude for the people here with you today. Whether that's something you go up to that person and express to them personally, whether you want to come up to the front and share something in general for this church and how you, how you have gratitude for them, or if you want to honor someone for what they've done in your life, you're free to come up here. So feel free to take a moment and think, and then feel free to move around for a while. And find some ways to express gratitude for this group of people that God has put into your life. Let's see what God does with that. Can we just play some music for a little while, some background music while we do this? Um, and then I'll, I'll come back in a few minutes and I'll pray, and then we'll come to our closing song. All right? Let's see what God does. So while we're, while we're um, wandering to, and talking to each other, um, Gwen asked me to share this. Um, she got this from a friend of hers. I like to think that God sends us special friends to share our lives. Very special people we can be ourselves with, talk with, laugh with, hope with, and believe with. Friends like you, I'm sure he knows just how special you are to me. And right now, I'm hoping that you know too. So consider that. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for participating in that. I hope that that was affirming and um, faith building. Hopefully, let's continue that kind of thing. Let's keep in mind the importance of really expressing the difference one another makes in your lives. And, and feel free to extend that to other people in your life, of course, right? There's something powerful about expressing gratitude for the people God places around you. Let me close this in prayer. We'll invite the worship team to come up and sing that final song. And then remember, we can continue our fellowship downstairs with our meal afterward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that you've given us. We thank you for the, the people we get to share that life with. 
And I do pray that you would work in each one of those relationships, that you would build and strengthen them, that you would help us all to see the value that those other people have in our lives. You would help us always to be open to inviting other people into that kind of fellowship and relationship, Lord, that they can experience the same kind of love that you have for us. May we continue to be people who notice others and express gratitude and love for them in ways that truly make a difference in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for being here today. In Jesus' name, amen.